0: Welcome to the Breaking Addiction Podcast, where we are dissolving illusions and transcending limitations. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and today we have a very special guest. His name is Ben Holt, and he's a good friend of mine. And We just recently connected a number of weeks ago in person here in Austin, Texas, and you were so nice to have me on your podcast, which I'm really excited about. And I wanted to bring you onto my podcast and to be the first interview under the new brand breaking addictions. And you and I had a good chat about this the other day, and really talking about addiction and, and how addiction is not just one thing, right? Addiction is a it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is because along that spectrum of the human experience, especially in this day and age. I don't know anybody or know of anyone who either has not or does not contend with some form of addiction. They may not think of it as an addiction or think of themselves as a quote unquote addict, but Mm. we all deal with some sort of addictions in our life, whether that be substance, that be more psychological, behavioral, um, so many different things, um, self-sabotage, et cetera, et cetera. And this, this is all kind of interwoven into the holistic health and human optimization conversation as well. So with that for said, sure. first of all, welcome. And I'm so excited for what we're going to dive into today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, brother. I'm stoked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so where to begin? I mean, we always do like the origin story. I want to kind of move through that a little quickly. Um, I know mm-hmm. when people ask me, you know, like, where, where'd you come from? What's your story? How'd you get here? After you tell it about 50 times, you want to just get into the, get into the, <laughs> the ready. But I would love, I-, I would actually like to know, you know, what, for what sure. was your, your catalyst or your impetus for getting into the work that you're doing now?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So <clears throat> my, um, my journey with wellness uh, started when I was very young, when I was about 12 years old. Uh, working out in a gym that was owned by my mom's ex-husband. So we were cool. He was kind of a father figure to me. And um, I was playing sports when I was young. And being the kind of like step half son, I don't know what you call that, of the gym owner, um, it, it kind of required me to step it up pretty quickly in life and train with the older athletes. And uh, so I did, and I just get my ass kicked by the athletes all the time, which eventually turned me into uh, a good athlete, which was great. Um, it's kind of tough at the time, but ended up making me um, really harness my my capacity in the gym and, and on the field. And so I grew up playing sports in high school and um, just focusing on fitness. You know, my throughout high school I played sports and then I got into mixed martial arts, fellow martial artists such as yourself um, can understand how hard you train in that sport. And the training was rigorous. It was really intense and really extreme and I loved it. And so I did that my senior year of high school and then into a couple of years of college. And, uh, in college, I also did a lot of Tough mutters and Spartan races. And I, I was trying to break the world record for muscle ups. And basically my whole life was in the gym. You know, I was, I was just focused fully on, on fitness and just being at the pinnacle of, uh, Embodiments in that way, and this was before my spiritual path really developed. You know, I'm from a small town in Louisiana, which wasn't conducive to a genuine spiritual path. It was very hellfire and brimstone um, Christianity, and so transcending that was was not the easiest thing to do. But uh, it did happen, and I would say that my spiritual path really began. Probably my third year of college, whenever I started meditating, uh, started seeing a girl who was into meditation and had gone and drinking an ayahuasca, and so I started to kind of get this idea of what it was all about. And uh, I remember kind of a pivotal point in my journey was whenever I started working with an MLM company, and they served health and wellness products, or they sold health and wellness products. Uh, amazing health model, wellness products, by the way. Still don't don't work for them anymore, but their products are still kick ass. And um, I remember that you know, in the multi level marketing universe, it's it's got a lot to do with self development and self growth. Um, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there, but that's a really beautiful part of that industry, I would say. Um, and so I was getting really into, you know, watching Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and uh, Bob Proctor and learning about the secret manifestation. So doing a lot of manifestation exercises, meditations, and I was, I remember there was a, a certain point you could sell a certain amount of the product and you got, they paid for you to get a BMW, a black BMW is kind of typical. A lot of MLMs did this with Mercedes and BMW. But anyway, uh, I remember putting my head down every day and just like focusing on driving that car and visualizing myself driving that car and holding the vision, holding the image. And then a few months later, I remember every day doing that. And I remember um, finally selling enough product to get the car. So I remember going to the dealership and getting there and the exact car that I had been visualizing was the only BMW that they had on the lot, which was fascinating. And um, I, I was really sold at that point. So fast forward several years uh, I had been living this really this really beautiful life. I had gotten this great job after college I uh, made a bunch of money for the first time in my life and then I got fired from that job, I haven't had a job since. Um, and, uh, I broke operations and my manifestation powers were too strong <laughs> for the, for the <laughs> startup. It was <laughs> funny, but, you know, and I was also a little bit of a mess, um, in the way I performed and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just there to close deals. Um, but from there, I decided that I wanted to travel and I wanted that freedom of time and freedom of, of space because I, growing up. And where I'm from, the highest pinnacle of success is 100, 100 grand a year, 200, 300 grand a year. This is the highest pinnacle of success. It's financial, it's still material, it's extrinsic. And um, I wanted to discover something more than that. And so, once I reached that pinnacle of success, I said, "There's got to be something else." And so I went, uh, ended up building an online business, was able to travel around the world and experience, you know, life in any way that I wanted. And um, I wasn't satisfied then either. And so this led me about uh, down this path of chasing satisfaction. And I traveled to Colombia. I started a business there and I was all over the world doing whatever I wanted, really. And um, looking for satisfaction. And I remember that I came home for a wedding and my buddy, uh, I I ended up going to the wedding and then I was supposed to go back to Colombia. And I ended up staying for a few extra days, not knowing why why I was feeling called to stay. My buddy recommended me go do Bufo Alvarius in New York. And so <clears throat> I went to, I said, okay, sure. I don't know what that is, but sounds good. And I went up to New York and met John Edgar um, and sat with the medicine and had a really powerful experience. And I thought that the pinnacle of my experience and, or the takeaway was if my consciousness can go that far out and come back, then anything is possible. Cool takeaway. And five days later, I'm meditating, relaxing, integrating before we knew what integration was in Lake Austin, funny enough, in Austin, Texas, and um, my friend's lake house. And I had this really extreme awakening experience where I felt a jolt of lightning through my body and had like almost 360 degree vision and super hearing, um, super auditory experiences and just ridiculous sensory experience of feeling connected to everything in the universe and ecstasy through my body and being in complete stillness for hours and hours and hours and had a feather and a banana with me. It's all I had. And I became the feather and the banana in a very experiential way. And I was having uh, an awakening and experiencing non-duality. And so I had no idea what that was. So I was freaking out and I told my friend, you know, this crazy thing is happening to me. I don't know what this means. Um, he said, maybe you should go back and <laughs> hang out with the guy that gave you the, the toad venom. Uh, and I was, I was like, I guess I should, huh? I didn't really have anything else to do. I, I At that point, Columbia was kind of out of the picture, you know. And my life had completely changed, and so I started um, working with that medicine and going. I went back to New York to apprentice with this gentleman. Started working with that medicine, traveling around South America, the United States, um, just being a prophet of love, you know, just really giving the medicine away and 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 preaching love literally and, and being, uh, yeah, almost like a Jehovah's witness for great spirit. Um, and wasn't worried about money. I was losing money quickly. You know, it was just kind of like I was a monk at that point. And, uh, I remember reigning it all in like, okay, you know I gotta like take a step back and and focus on what are my intentions what do I need to do with this 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 new way of being that I just discovered that just dawned on me and was handed to me and so I ended up seeing a big gap in the shamanic community and I went to um, Asia for about a year. this was around 2018 and basically stayed there and with the intention of studying breath work yoga meditation sound healing and just merely other modalities and working with different teachers to kind of bring together a container for these different medicines, plant medicine to sit within. Um, and so this led me to working with some awesome people over there and then coming back to the United States eventually about a year later. And since then we've been holding retreats with um, these different modalities and plant medicine, some without plant medicine. And working in that with with these really powerful containers, with some really powerful preparation, initiation, integration protocols, with some amazing facilitators and teachers, uh, we do this primarily in Sedona. And you know, my intention with all of this now, you know, fast forward a few years, is to really integrate um, ancient and modern modalities and techniques for creating healing spaces. Um, to blend them together and to bridge the gap between them in order to cover all of the bases, and to work with a shamanic and modern Western model together to kind of curate this new paradigm of of expansion and growth and evolution and healing. Uh, and this includes trauma informed care, NLP, hypnotherapy, um, you know, soul retrieval, everything, plant medicine, everything kind of mashed together and the toolbox is, is great because you have so many different options and opportunities to help someone. And that's been the intention the whole time and uh, for the past few years. And it's what we're doing now and it's been beautiful. So in a nutshell, that's, that's it.
0: That's amazing. I I love all that. And um, by the way, for everyone listening, when he says Bufo Alvarius, he's talking about five MEO DMT. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, you know, we could unpack that, you know, pretty deeply as well. But, <laughs> For sure. Um, so the story, yeah, man, that's that's amazing. There's a lot of pieces in there that I want to expand about, expand yeah. upon. The, the, the piece that really caught me that I want to talk more with you is about integration. Mm-hmm. Right? And especially you mentioned the shamanic communities. A lot of people that listen to this may or may not even know what shamanic communities are, or they may have an idea of it, but they haven't entered into that realm. So it's going to be a spectrum Mm -hmm. of people that are listening to this. Um, Maybe we can explain a little bit more about shamanism and its role in healing and Mm -hmm. and kind of this idea of ancient, old, brand new, you know, Mm because both of us are very much on the same page of bringing together these integrative approaches of ancient indigenous wisdom, Mm -hmm. whether that be plant medicine or that be herbalism. You know, non psychoactive plants and potentially psychoactive plants, and medicines uh, facilitating medicine experiment experiences, and um, and also modern interventions as well. So Mm -hmm. maybe we could talk about your perspective on how do those two things meet in your body of work—the ancient, old, and brand new.
1: Yeah, well, I guess I should say the plant medicine community, right? Because a shaman would be. Um, you know, like a Northern European old guy in the in the woods <laughs> playing a Jew's harp and picking mushrooms. So, but shaman is a common term these days is a hot term for someone who serves and facilitates an entheogen or a plant medicine. So a psychedelic, a naturally occurring psychedelic. Um, So really what I saw was a gap in the psychedelic community um, where, you know, people were coming together in large groups and basically having their experience and, and, you know, the experience can be very fragmenting, it can be very disorienting, um, your ego completely dissolves, you experience death, you know, a form of a death, and then the facilitators on to the next person, you have a space holder that's kind of there with you hanging out sort of but there's no integration whatsoever, and this is what I saw for a couple of years um, which led me to creating an integration document when I hardly even knew what I was talking about, and now 8,000 people worldwide have used that integration document for 5MEO, and um, just seeing that there was a need for something that was not there was really, really intense for me, and it, it was very, uh, the risks were very high. You know, people were very fragmented. People were re- very, it was, it was serving the opposite of its purpose. Um, so to me, that was really important. And I would say, wow. you know, plant medicine almost had this renaissance around 2010. Everybody was going to Peru drinking ayahuasca. People are still doing that. And you know, people were just kind of thinking that they could go with their problems and their problems be solved like that, and just come back and it'd be easy peasy and you know rainbows and butterflies. And that was not the case. It still isn't. Um, people would come back and be have a six month integration process. It's the most fucked up dark night of the soul that they've ever experienced. Yeah. Um, and, and that's typically what happens. And so, you know, we were just misinformed. And you know, for a while there, there was hardly any facilitators that spoke English. Um, so this was a, a tough, a, r- a rough patch for our development, but it was really necessary for us to learn from. And so now we've kind of gone from this like rebirthing because of the plant medicine, plant medicine offered like us as a collective to kind of rebirth. And now we're in our adolescence, we're standing up, we're starting to grab things and have conversation and socialize and build social relationships. I'm speaking as like, we were a baby and now we're toddlers in this space. And so now integration is focused on trauma-informed care is focused on preparation is focused on. And which is really amazing. And only it happened in a few short years. Um, And the integration of, you know, let's say psychedelics in general and modern medicine is really prevalent these days. You know, there's so many the maps initiative, the, you know, my brother, Dr. Dan Engel just wrote dose of hope. Um, which is an amazing book about MDMA assisted psychotherapy, which will be insured in the next couple of years. Um, you know, that's our hope anyway, and what it's looking like, you know, they FDA approved MDMA and psilocybin as breakthrough therapy. And so psychedelics are becoming I don't want to say clinical, but you know, they're they're becoming they're very efficacious, they work, and it's known now. And you know, the world on drugs can't even not even the world on drugs can suppress that. And so, you know, you can do psychedelic something like ketamine therapy, mdma or psilocybin in a clinical setting, which is great. You know, if you do it somewhere like like where kuya will do it, you know, it'd be amazing. Um, but also doing it in the Amazon and drinking ayahuasca and here in the Icaros and, and being in the Maloka is such a beautiful experience as well and and really has its place. And so I think it's just the integration of, a, you know, therapeutic care, trauma informed care with the preparation, the integration, understanding why someone's experiencing something um, and how to help them to resolve it. So this is where psychotherapists are going to be really crucial for uh, working with MDMA. You know, you pretty much can't do MDMA a psychotherapy training unless you're a psychotherapist. Um, so it is beautiful because psychotherapists are now going to be able to have this incredible tool, not just EMDR and CBT and talk therapy. They're gonna be able to give you psilocybin and for you to actually experience your totality and then help you whenever you're in this space of total receptivity and total openness to help you really resolve these things where your subconscious is just open like a sponge, ready to receive or um, eject, right? And um, and that integration is really what I'm kind of where I'm leading, where my path has taken me, I should say, and where I'm working on focusing, connect and evolve, ascend my partner and I's project where I'm focusing our, our efforts and our, our energy. But I, I, I say that. And then also I have to say, you know, my work with Bufalvarius Various, 5-MeO DMT, I probably worked with close to know, a thousand facilitations with that medicine and, and seen more than that. And it made me desire and feel called to building a, 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 protocol or an experience that simulates that experience without the need of natural resources, right? Because at the end of the day, we don't want to be um, taking venom from the toads. We want to just leave the toads alone. Totally. Um, even synthesizing 5-MeO-DMT. Sure. But I notice a big difference in the experience. Everybody has their own opinion about that. Um, and ayahuasca is starting to become a, um, You know, there's less and less of it in the jungles and that's not good. Uh, So we just need to be cautious and careful about how we use up the earth, the earth's resources. And that's pretty obvious. And you would think that that's very obvious, but it's something that we oftentimes forget. Um, And really, this has led me to focusing my energy on, on really deep breath work experiences, hypnotherapy, sound, and utilizing the power of sound breath and these other modalities to. To do everything as powerfully as the plant medicine now will that ever happen who knows but i feel like we're getting pretty close
0: yeah that's that's beautiful and that's a great a great overview and explanation um let's i i'd like to i'd actually like to talk about 5meo just a little bit more for for everybody i've had a number of experiences um, I've done the synthetic, as you mentioned, and then I've also had the, the real kind of the, the authentic experience. The organic. Um, that was my first, yeah, the organic first, first time uh, in Kauai, 2017 or 18, something like that. Nice. It, was a, it was a profound experience. It lasted about 20 minutes and I did two rounds of it. And I didn't really know what to expect. I, you know, have done other. I had many other experiences before ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, a few years before that, which completely was profound and transformative and indescribable on all levels. Just absolutely mm-hmm. incredible experience. Um, I had a number mm-hmm. of psilocybin experiences, which were incredibly powerful and also unexpectedly like traumatic. Not in the sense that it traumatized me, but it triggered subconscious traumas within me that i was not ready for and i wasn't even right. really trying to go into um that it but it just kind of tripwired those things mm-hmm. and that kind of was an experience to cause me to kind of back away from that a little bit until mm-hmm. i had a better understanding of those mechanisms and how to how to use those medicines and so, mm-hmm. I, so I've, I've i've had a lot of over the years i've had a lot of different experiences with, with psychedelics and entheogens and so with 5-MeO, it's, it's interesting. Everybody has a different experience. Um, some people have like the portal to God, to oneness,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to the unified field experience where you become everything and everything mm-hmm. is you and there's no uh, individuation. Um, for me, it was very somatic. It was like a lot of energy was just pulsing through my nervous system yeah. and moving up through my sacral, up into the heart, and up and out. And um, it was just very, very somatic. So, um, cool. yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to just kind of drop in a little bit deeper on that. And anything else that you want to share? But you said that you you've had over, up to a thousand facilitations. Does that mean that you've you've been involved in that, like as a facilitator?
1: Yeah, roughly about a thousand experiences facilitated.
0: Okay, like like you've you personally done it up to a thousand times. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: For others. Oh, I ahead. haven't. Sat, I have not okay. said. No, you wouldn't that, be talking. That, that to
0: sounds. That sounds <laughs> intense. Some,
1: sometimes it feels it feels like a thousand all at once, right? <laughs> but roughly a thousand, I kind of lost count, you know, to, to be honest, like several hundred ago, but working in Mexico, you know, we would do these really large groups and, um, you know, 60, 70 people, um, at least four or five or six of those. And then, you know, I've been doing it pretty And the crazy thing is that I never, you know, some people put it on Instagram, Hey, toad ceremony this weekend, come join us. I, I get pretty turned off by that. I get, I get pretty bad taste in my mouth with that one, but it's often people who just started. And um, yeah, I mean, now I know how the people uh, that have been serving for many years felt whenever somebody like me would say something silly, (laughs) you know? Um, But yeah, so quite, quite a few facilitations. And so uh, all of them were very, you know, very safe and um, you know, I rig is rigorously intake anybody who wants to do that medicine and it's been beautiful, man. I've had, you know, every single one of those experiences have been profoundly healing and, and, you know, helps so many people to really align with their truth and their purpose. And you're talking about that somatic experience and it's incredible to see the amount of energy that can be cultivated through inhaling vapor of a substance that's very close to other, um, you know, Molecular makeup inside of us—it's very close to our biology. In fact, we create 5-MeO-DMT in the body, and the cra- the craziest thing is—is is the 5-MeO-DMT is out of your system by the time you blow the smoke out. And so it's almost like this imaginary magic that—that that, who knows was was left here by some really advanced, you know, civilization uh, and created in the earth, you know, down in the womb of the earth where the toads. Hang out for nine months out of the year, and it, it's really a mystery. You know, it is. It, it brings you to the great mystery of non-duality, and so it itself is a mystery. And I love Hamilton Morris. He's a brother who you know broke that mystery down and and found Albert Most and and discovered what you know how it was discovered, and then you know made enough five meo DMT synthesized for the whole planet. <laughs> so. It's uh, it's it's such a potent medicine, and it's not for everyone. It's really important to know this, you know, with the plant medicine renaissance that took place, you know, wh- where people could have gone and done, um, you know, s- different types of somatic therapy or talk therapy or, or psychodynamic therapy or whatever kind of therapy they need. That's more of a scalpel, right? If we do hypnotherapy, um, if we, even if we do breath work, that's a that's a scalpel. That's a introductory to the you know therapy and it's a way to really um embody what it is you're working on whenever you do 5meo it's like a hand grenade you know it's like a nuclear bomb goes off and then you're kind of just left to pick up the pieces and place them back together right um and the cool you know the thing that's therapeutic about it is like when the bomb goes off everything is out there right like everything it can it can discharge and resolve trauma instantly, which is fascinating. But at the same time can leave can lead to experiences being um, careless, you know, and which can be really fragmenting. And this 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 debilitating, basically, uh, really bad for you.
0: <laughs> Do you find that phenomenon happened quite a lot with the five MEO? Because I know, you know, like, and DMT, like the the DMT vape pens, which, you know, teach their own I'm, I'm more preferential to the plants themselves because it has yeah. the eight intelligence in yeah. the spirit molecule if you will of the of the plant itself so that's always my go-to um yeah. i do really appreciate these other these other modalities that are maybe more accessible for more people and with the right setting and all that it's 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 beautiful that we have it, but, um, so those are, those are two different experiences fundamentally. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious when it comes to five MEO, like, is that a common thing where people, people feel fragmented or disassociated or disoriented after? Um, and then I also want to like following up on that. I'd love to talk about like a, the integration process that you go through.
1: Yeah. So to answer your question, yes. You know, some people, experience love and light and bliss and joy. And, ah, you know, you'll even see, see someone in their experience, full gnosis going, love, 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 God, 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 which is incredible, right? I mean, it's, 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 breathtaking to see that and to witness that that'll change your life by itself, just to witness. Um, but for others, it's, it's quite hard. It's death. It's hell. It's, it's being stuck in a hell prison for what can feel <laughs> like eternity, you know, and I've been there and it's, you know, it is what it sounds like. It's not fun. Um, and so when somebody, you know, somebody's done like mushrooms once or twice and then they have that experience, yeah. they're obviously going to be like, what the fuck? And, you know, when they go back to work two days later or the next day and their cubicle and their boss is yelling at them and their nervous system is like a baby deer, you know, it's going to be really, really hard to, embody that experience. And and it can leave you very vulnerable to really anything. It leaves you vulnerable to, to being really traumatized by, by just your basic everyday world, you know, where you were suppressing any rage or tension or anxiety, you were pushing it down, pushing it down for years, especially in the West and all that's out on the table. And you're like literally cracked wide open for anyone to speak anything into you, and to sh- to say anything into you, and to feel anything into you, and you feel it come into you. Uh, it's a very vulnerable place, and so if people don't integrate that experience properly, it's it's worse for them than it is good for them.
0: Yeah. Okay. So thank thank you for sharing that because that's a very real thing, and I've I've experienced some of those. I've had some of those experiences myself. And it can be very disorienting and <clears throat> without the proper integration practice protocols, advisements, um, you know it, it's very hard to translate that back into the real world and your nervous system is now in a much more sensitive state than it was before, so for sure. Um, okay, so first of all, when people hear that, they may be wondering like, okay, well, I don't know if I really want to roll the dice here. Right. I don't know if I really want to roll the dice and either have a profoundly beautiful experience or have an immensely difficult and challenging experience. For sure. So in that in that vein, like why would somebody want to even even go through that?
1: Yeah, you have to be called to it. You know, Mm -hmm. the thing with the five meo DMT and why it's here and why now and why so prevalent is because. We are shifting, as you know, into an entire new paradigm of what it means to be a human being. Like we are evolving at the most rapid pace, um, you know, maybe in written history. Um, And it's kind of the chain breaker. I find the 5-MeO-DMT is the rebirther, you know, as is ayahuasca, as is five grams of mushrooms in the dark. Um, It's just one of those examples. You know, an ayahuasca uh, ceremony is different than a bufo ceremony. They're just different. You know, the, the circles are different. The experience is different. It's different than a mushroom ceremony. And so um, when used in a ceremonial way with the right facilitator who knows what they're doing, right set and setting, it's going to be really beautiful. And that, if that facilitator is, I say it's going to be really beautiful. It's going to ultimately lead to beauty. And for many, it's going to be a really beautiful experience um, because a lot of it is how it relaxes your nervous system, how... Receptive are you to new experiences? How open is your mind? Right, because your heart's going to get opened, but your mind needs to be open. You're, it doesn't matter if your heart's open or not, because that's going to happen. Um, same thing with happens with MDMA therapy when you know talk MDMA is a psychotherapy, I should say. Your heart's open; <laughs> you don't have to try. It's just there. Um, and so, you know, if you don't feel it viscerally in your body that this is something that you're called to then don't do it. Plain and simple. And if, if you don't feel called, don't do it. Um, I wouldn't roll the dice if I didn't, if I didn't feel it, you know, it was definitely a huge part of my Dharma and still continues to be. And that's interesting. At the end of the day, I'm like observing the fact that that's happening. I never assumed that whatsoever, ever in my entire life, people like really grounded work with Bufal Various. And you know, my, the whole time I was working with it, I saw what happened whenever people would allow for themselves to get too caught up in that medicine. You're playing with multidimensionality whenever you're living in this dimension. And I knew that I never wanted to be severely ungrounded from my body and from the earth. Like I know that we have to go inward and connect to the earth to really be fully embodied and to, you know, emanate wisdom and um and and stoicism and you name it, all the good stuff. And, uh, and good characteristics of, of what it means to be human. And so I saw the, the opposite of that, the polarity of that. I saw a lot of fragmentation and people who stopped taking care of themselves because they didn't think that they had to because they thought the body was pointless. And so my entire journey with that as a facilitator was focused on being in my body and you know, making sure that before any ceremony, I make sure the participant knows that this is an experience and that you are the medicine. And this this tool helps to kind of remove the gunk. It kind of polishes the diamond. If the diamond's covered in mud, just comes and washes it off, polishes it up, just so you can even just for a moment, witness your infinite greatness and infinite potential. And that Led people and then helping them with breathing exercises before, precursor supplementation uh, in nature, you know, being in nature before, during, and afterward, uh, extremely helpful and just really helps somebody to be prepared for the experience. Really, at the end of the day, it comes to preparation and integration. If that happens and the right set and setting is there and the dosage is correct, it, it's really hard to go wrong. You know, really hard to go wrong unless there was some type of biomedical contraindication that was not written down, you know, in the intake form. It's very hard to go wrong. So it just depends. You know, you got to be really careful with who you do your medicine with and where. Um, but when it comes to integration, you know, being in nature is the the, the key the key, the vibration. You'll learn that in that space of the vibration of nature is perfect. We don't get out into nature enough. At least I know I don't these days. I'm being in Louisiana, I'm sure you being in Austin, it's like, we're kind of on our grind in front of the computer a lot. And when I live out in Sedona and same with you, I'm sure, you know, uh, out in Colorado and Utah, like I'm out every day, dude, I'm swimming in rivers, I'm climbing mountains, half naked, like, uh, and that's important. And every time I'm there, and especially after the medicine, the vibration is perfect. Even if an animal kills another animal, the vibration is perfect. Everything there is perfect. It's the prefrontal cortex. It's the thinking mind. It's the the human, uh, you know, the human characteristics, the the human um, aspect. I don't know what to call this, but the humanity that kind of changes the vibration and and, and shifts it into different um, different wavelengths. You know, with our EMFs and our Bluetooth and our electronics and technology. And so taking the time to just be in nature, to journal, to relax, to hang out, to just be with yourself and to feel, and also to be in community, it's really important. Um, Making sure you drink good water, uh, plenty of it, eat good food, um, nourishing, grounding foods, you are able to connect and to commune with someone, to share your experience with someone, to bounce ideas to integrate. I mean, that's really all it is, is to be supported by other human beings and supported by your environment, supported by your nutrition and your diet. Um, If you have that support and then there's also, you know, of course, psychotherapists. So if you wanted to work with another psychotherapist or a coach such as you or myself, um, that definitely helps. That's just like a cherry on top. But as long as you have the community, nature and the necessary support and in all those areas the integration process should be good shouldn't take too long where ayahuasca usually takes six months to integrate five meos usually about a few weeks you know really lifetimes but a few weeks when it comes to the kind of somatic visceral integration you know i feel like ayahuasca just kind of lingers in your body forever (laughs) but uh this is a little bit faster so i would say that that's that's the keys for integration um and if you have all of that, you're, you're, you're game for a great experience. And that's why we do retreats. You know, that's why I initially wanted to do these five day containers because they just work. You know, when you come into that, that container and have that experience, you're so ready for it by the time it happens. And then you're just chilling afterward, nothing to do, nothing to cook, nothing to clean. And that's really how you should approach this experience. Give yourself the full give yourself the gift of being able to actually have the experience. Cause honestly, without the proper preparation and integration, you're not having the experience. You're just, you're just getting a little scratch, a little uh taster of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. I, I, I love and agree with everything you said. And <clears throat> that was a great deep dive into that subject. We haven't really gone deep into five MEO in any episode in the prior podcast before. So, Cool. I'm really glad that we got to go deep into that and share your wisdom on just the the medicine ceremony experience. Um, Thank you. I didn't
1: expect thing. to.
0: Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah, but I just it kind of just came up. I was like, yep. yeah, let's Need just go. It. Let's go into that. Yeah,
1: that's how it does it for sure.
0: <laughs> so the last thing I want to get into with you is about connect and evolve. So you you do. You do a number of different like experiences that you facilitate with people, and mm-hmm. you're also really deeply working in the world of breathwork, mm-hmm. guiding people through breathwork experiences, musical infusions, um, workshops, and retreats, and things of this nature. So, um, maybe you can talk to us about connect and evolve. Like, what is connect and evolve, and, mm-hmm. and kind of the, the the story behind it a little bit. And then just share with with me and my audience, like what is it that you're offering, and, and what are these experiences that you that you share, like?
1: For sure, absolutely. So, connect and evolve is the name of that was born, um, the name of the project that was born. I should say once you know, I kind of um, did the traveling through Mexico, serving a lot of people, and you know, I wanted to create, um, you know, something something like a culture, a movement, something that was really. Uh, In service, and also I needed a website URL. You know, I knew that I wanted to do this with my life. This is something I wanted to do, and website URL and an Instagram name, and um, I knew I had to create a name. And so, ultimately, connect and evolve is what came from that. Because in this leads to, you know, connecting with that true part of ourselves that, that I witnessed so many people connect with and then evolving into our higher expression. I say our high, I used to say our highest expression, but it's, it's an expression that we're constantly working toward and we never get to that highest expression. So, um, our higher expression more and more. And, uh, yeah, what we're doing right now for 2022, you know, I've been working with breath work for years and teaching it and I've taught it all over the world. And, The transformational style breathwork that I teach called sonic neural breathwork, and it's something that I created. It's a combination of your transformational style, shamanic breathwork style, along with um, music and and certain vibrational frequencies, as well as some NLP, uh, some uh, energy work, and Meditation—it's kind of a combination of of multiple things, as many of these breathwork styles are—and it takes you super deep. And this was this this was the modality that I was like, "This is what's going to replace Bouffalvars. This is what's going to be the experience that I can do on a larger scale that's going to help people really deeply experience themselves." And it has been—it's been beautiful. And now I'm teaching through Connect and Evolve facilitator training, so I'm teaching people how to teach others this breathwork. So. You know, like soma breath, holotropic breathwork. You know, you can go and become a breathwork facilitator. There, you can also now become. Uh, when, when is this podcast going out? I gotta ask.
0: Um, <clears throat> mid February.
1: Mid February, okay, perfect. So by this time, it will be called Awakened Breath, an Awakened Breath breathwork specialist, and so certifying people as Awakened Breath breathwork specialists through Connect and Evolve, um, and with that training, you know, a lot of breathwork trainings just teach you one modality of breath work, you probably learn about the nervous system a little bit. Um, but through becoming a breath work specialist means you understand the breath, you understand the nervous system, parasympathetic, sympathetic, vagal theory, you know, how the body responds to breathing and how to utilize breathing to create different states in the body. And whether that's just for you, or if you're a coach or a therapist or a facilitator, You have a client come in with severe anxiety. You have six different breathwork modalities to share with them or breathwork techniques to share with them to help them relax and regulate themselves. Um, And so this is super important to me, as well as dynamic breathwork, which is similar to Wim Hof. So the optimization, you know, this is one of the best gifts that you can give your clients. Tell them to take cold showers and do dynamic breathwork every day. And then sonic neural breathwork, the deep dive. So we combine it all together so that people that do these trainings have a really foundational understanding of breathwork and are super um, capable and response able whenever they're out working with people and it's six weeks. Uh, I know some breathwork trainings are six months and then other ones are four days, uh, which I'm kind of opposed to, but it is what it is, you know, and so my intention is to create a really sustainable practice for people who want to make health and wellness and um, who felt the same thing that I felt when I'm like, I want to do this with my life, who feel that and they're tired of the nine to five and they want to be in service to the world. My intention is to create a space for them to really grow into that. Um, So we do the breathwork facilitator trainings, long story short. And of course the retreats, they're called sacred embodiment retreats. You know, I really deeply believe that we're at a time where we're being called to really embody, um, you know, as you and I, this is kind of where we feel like you and I hit it off the common thread was really this embodiment piece. You and I have been through, you know, this modality, that modality, this training, that training, this practice, that practice, this diet, that, diet. you know, and it's kind of come back to like all of it together, um, really focused on the individual you know what's relatively good for you what feels good to you what practice do you enjoy what makes you excited um, what makes you feel good internally and externally and in, through the retreats we provide a space where you do yoga qigong meditation breath work all different kinds of styles workshops connection workshops manifestation uh, forgiveness so really it's about opening the person up to opening up the heart, getting grounded in the space, uh, letting go of anything from the past that's no longer serving them, unplugging from the past, unplugging from the future, getting into the present, and then offering these different modalities and a sequence that allows them to say, oh, I love this. I can't wait to do this when I get home oh, you know, this experience changed my life. I can't wait to potentially share this with others and do a breathwork training, right? Um, So the retreats are really ultimately set up for, uh, they're starting to be tailored more toward facilitators, but now they're open to people that want to come to Sedona and chill, right? And just hang out in the red rocks and hang out in nature. Great, come on. And that person that wants to devote the rest of their life to being in service in the way of being a, a wellness facilitator. Uh, and then the, also the other person with with severe PTSD, who's looking to heal from their PTSD. So it's, it's uh, I try to cover all the bases. My team and I try to cover all the bases so that everything is, is covered and people have the experience that's necessary for them. And then we do our best to meet them where they are with plenty of prep and integration practices. Um, and so the retreats, the trainings, and then people can work with me one-on-one Uh, you know, I do all kinds of different modalities. I facilitate a lot of modalities and and it's great to learn a lot of modalities I find so that, you know, for you, visualization might be really challenging. Well, great. No worries. We'll just do hypnotherapy because you don't have to visualize anything, but somebody who can visualize, then we can take that down a whole rabbit hole of what are you choosing to create in your life? Okay. If you're choosing to create that, why don't your actions reflect that? your actions don't reflect that because that experience from your past has been lingering around in your your consciousness your subconscious that's told you that you're not worthy of this and so getting down to the bottom of what's really happening the root cause pulling it up from the roots and planting a new seed watering that seed giving it proper sunlight proper nourishment for it to grow Um, and this is ultimately what this is boiling down to is a really integrated holistic well-rounded approach to preventative health and um, all around wellness. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do at Connect and Evolve. And so, yeah, be happy to, and we, then we have simple stuff like 21 Day Breathwork Academy where you can learn about breathwork for like a hundred bucks. I think actually for everybody listening to this, it's usually 200, but I, I usually do this for podcasts. Definitely want to do it for you and your audience, Ronnie. We'll do it half off for everyone who wants to do the 21 Day Breathwork Academy. It's 30 videos of Information on your nervous system, breath work, some tips and tricks on like mouth taping and cold showers. Um, so that I'm happy to offer that. And and yeah.
0: Amazing. And, and how do people, how do is there a coupon or something they can use?
1: Yeah. So basically if we, you want to do show notes, I'll just share the proper link with you.
0: Okay, okay perfect. Cool. Um, amazing. That's incredible. I, I love the integrative modalities. And especially when people are dealing with addiction and mind you, like everybody that has a health issue, there's an addiction tied to it. There's a reason that your health is out of balance, right? Right. Um, So we have to be able to reverse engineer and trace back to the source point. Um, But just let's, let's just say people that are consciously working through an addiction of some sort, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to have really a, a blueprint. You have to have a lifestyle like revamp. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I like about everything that you shared, and it's a lot of what I infuse into my my work and my programs as well, Mm -hmm. is multi multi spectrum like approaches, diet, nutrition, you know, fundamental cleansing and detoxing protocol protocol protocols, fundamental having breath work, meditation, some sort of stillness, nervous system regulating practices fundamental. And then and then you can start to go into like exploring areas like plant medicines and ceremonies and things of that nature. But if you're not if you don't have a foundation for your life, right. that can help anchor you and ground you and and help to teach you about regulating your autonomic nervous system, then going off into these other these other dimensions mm-hmm. can be really powerful anyways. But you're going to have to go back home and you're going to have to ground in those experiences. You're going to have to integrate them. So if you already have a a blueprint or a foundation for your lifestyle, it's going to be a lot easier to return back and translate those experiences back into an embodied state, which which is key.
1: And most people have no idea what that means. You know, a lot of people are not living in their truth and purpose. And that's why they end up coming to a retreat. Right. And so just know that, like, the journey, as formidable as it is, is very necessary. And people, you can, it's good to know that transformation can happen really quickly and life can change extremely quickly. And this is all leading to us really breaking the uh, addiction to. Right. Self-harm and, and unworthiness and yeah. and the paradigm of the past where we've been conditioned to not be enough, um, believe that we're not enough and, and we're breaking past this. And because, you know, I believe and you believe that we are working toward a, a bold and beautiful world where humanity is co-creating and collaborating, connected, and that preventative health care is the primary health care. And emergency medicine is there for emergencies and that we all know how to self-regulate. We all know how to help ourselves and one another. And we all have the ability to offer something, to bring something to the table that's valuable and to be seen and respected and appreciated for that. We believe in this, this, this vision, and it's important that we believe in this vision because out there extrinsically dystopia is knocking at our door, right? It's knocking at our door and it's saying, come on, let me in, let me in. It's trying to come into your consciousness, into your heart. And if we accept that narrative, then it will. So we as these light keepers and as humanity, as everyone listening to this, this podcast, we have to hold the vision of light and the hold the division of truth and the whole the division for the planet. And ultimately, it's up to us through our imagination and through our, our vision we create. And this is what we try to instill at the retreats. And I know that you're instilling this through your work, brother. And, and so I'm just really honored to know you and to be connected with you. And I'm excited to see where all this goes.
0: Mm, beautiful, as am I. And um, that's a perfect way to tie a, a bow and tie on our incredible conversation. So where can people follow you and find you?
1: For sure. So connectandevolve.com. evolve.com. It's all one word. And then connect and evolve on Instagram. We have retreats coming up. See, mid February. We actually have, uh, if people hear this and last minute want to come on a couples retreat, we have one February 19th through 23rd in Sedona. It's going to be amazing with my partner and I. Uh, so that's going to be so fun. Um, and then I have a retreat that's got a few spots left March 16th. Through twentieth in Sedona, um, so if you're feeling called, I'd love to have you there. And then we have our next breathwork facilitator training starting April fifteenth, and that's a six week online training. So if anybody's interested in that, let me know you. Let me know you heard it on Ronnie's podcast, and uh, I can't wait to hear from you and to connect with you and to talk shop. Because if they're listening to your podcast, bro, then I know we probably have a few things in common.
0: Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure and honor and to dive deeper into your work um, as well, to learn more about you and, and all the all the areas that you have dove in so deep into and, and you have. And I'm just really impressed and uh, look forward to continuing our friendship and our alliance and all the collaborations that come from it. So thank you, Ben, for coming on to the show.
1: Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Much love.
0: Yep. Thank you, everyone. And this is another episode of the Breaking Addiction podcast with our guest, Ben Holt. And we will see you in the next episode.
1: Peace out, everybody.